Hello, and welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. When we hear someone talk about possibly getting plastic surgery, it's likely that we'll dismiss that person as a little vain. That was my first thought when someone suggested this topic for this podcast, but my impression couldn't have been further from the truth. In reality, plastic surgery deals with much more, including repairing things such as complex wounds. To explain what plastic surgeons do and what plastic surgery is are Dr. Bryce Stash and Dr. Deepak Baradia, surgeons from Texas Tech Physicians. They both expand on what we think is plastic surgery, and they stress the importance of finding the right surgeon if you're considering getting plastic surgery, especially if you are thinking of getting work done through medical tourism. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do here at the Health Sciences Center, and your expertise? Thank you, Melissa. Thanks for having me here. I'm Deepak Berardia. I'm one of the burn and plastic surgeon here at Texas Tech. I've been here for four years, and uh, we take care of all kind of problems that patients come in with from plastic surgery and a reconstructive surgery standpoint. We take care of patients who have had trauma to their bodies. They had cancer and had surgeries for that. We take care of kids who has had congenital malformations that require surgical treatment. So it's a very wide variety of practice that we have as a plastic surgeon. And we try to provide as much of those complex surgery, surgical treatments for our patients that we can. Dr. Stash? Yeah. My name is Bryce Stash. I am a plastic surgeon as well. I got hired here to do burn surgery and burn reconstruction. Plastic surgery is a very vast field, and uh, but a lot of times people subspecialize. And so, you know, my my focus uh, is mostly on burn, and, you know, primary burn surgery, acute burn surgery, and then burn reconstruction. Glad to have you on our podcast. So you've touched on this a little bit in your introduction, but what is plastic surgery? Is it all about making us look younger? Thanks for asking that question. It's a, it's a great question because typically, in general sense, when you mention plastic surgery, because of our experience with Hollywood or you know whatever we hear about plastic surgery, it goes directly to it being cosmetic surgery, which of course is a part of what we do as plastic surgeons. Aesthetic surgery is a very big portion of what plastic surgery specialty entails. But there's also a lot more to add to that. Like I mentioned earlier, there is reconstructive surgery, which people require. So it's not always about making somebody look younger, but in a broad sense, you know, what plastic surgery is, is to reestablish a form and a function for an individual in a more comprehensive manner. And it could be to make somebody look younger, it could be to make somebody look more normal, or it could be some for somebody to reestablish their functional abilities that they lost for a variety of reasons. So 
It is a very wide spectrum of treatments that we provide as plastic surgeons for our patients. And thanks for asking that question because it does clarify a lot more than what people usually connect it to. Yeah, absolutely. I echo that. I think the the vast majority of plastic surgery is reconstructive. The word plastic and plastic surgery comes from the Greek word plastique, I believe, which is the art of modeling or of malleable flesh. And so, you know, we started out as um, a subspecialty that really was designed to provide, you know, soft tissue reconstruction. And that kind of morphed into a type of surgery that really involves every aspect of making someone human. So from hand surgery to craniofacial surgery to cleft lip and palate for the voice, anything that, you know, you kind of see on the outside that, that identifies us as, as humans is really what, what plastic surgery is involved in. And, and also I think, you know, our specialty is, is really a specialty of of pioneers and innovators. I mean, I think that's really what makes, makes us special and, and kind of stand out. So in summary, it's not necessarily just about making, you know, people look younger. It's more so about restoring function and innovating to the future. What are some of the most common non-elective plastic surgeries and what are the medical reasons behind them? Yeah, I think, like I said before, I think the vast majority of plastic surgeries are non-elective. And, you know, the reasoning is is because we we try to restore human function. So you can kind of look at all the subspecialties of plastic surgery and get a real sense of what makes us special or different. So for example, you know, plastic surgeons do cleft lip and palate surgery. Whenever, you know, you're you're a kid and in theory you could, you know, not repair a cleft lip or not repair a cleft palate, but in reality that's that's not the case. We have to restore function. And so for these individuals, this is a you know an absolute necessity of life to look normal and to speak normal and to be able to interact with other humans and to have the confidence to do that. And so essentially all of cleft lip and palate surgery is is non-elective. I would say the same thing with, you know, hand surgery. Your hands are vital to basically every single aspect of your life. Well, everything that you do on a daily basis involves your hands. And so there's almost from, you know, carpal tunnel releases, nerve releases, to trigger fingers, to more complex surgeries in the hand. You know, it's it's mostly about restoring function, which I think is phenomenal. And then, you know, again, a big aspect of plastic surgeons practice, or at least general practice surgery, is this soft tissue reconstruction. So covering defects that, you know, otherwise would either require an amputation or a prolonged period of wound care. And so, yeah, I think uh, a majority of a plastic surgery is definitely non-elective and, you know, it, we, we kind of serve a, a real vital function in the in the surgical universe. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And, you know, in just to summarize, I would just say, you know, anything that destroyed the form or function in one or the other way for an individual, plastic surgery kicks in to not necessarily reestablish it, but at least to bring them closer to how they were before any of those major events happened in that individual's life. And the re- it could be either from an accident, from a cancer surgery, like a lot of breast cancer patients when they get operations for their unfortunate diagnosis of cancer, then 
plastic surgery helps them sort of regain that form and function to feel, you know, full again as a woman and so forth. And similarly, what Dr. Stash mentioned for young kids who are born with, you know, devastating disabilities, then, you know, to help them through to grow as close to normalcy as possible. So it has a lot of, you know, that aspect of making your life get fuller again with our interventions. And just the nature of plastic surgery is that it's, there is no cookie cutter, you know, way of doing this. And that allows us to think outside the box all the time to get our patients as best result as possible. So that brings a lot of innovative approaches. And because of that, our surgery, our specialty has remained at the forefront of the advances of overall surgical care across the globe. You know, one thing I would mention that the first kidney transplant that was done in humans was done under the leadership of a plastic surgeon out in Boston. And that's just because of his experience and how he was able to think outside the box. And from that, we have come to a point of these days exploring the options of doing face transplants for patients, you know, both Dr. Stash and I do burn surgery, and we see a lot of devastating injuries to people's faces and trying to help them, you know, regain both form and function of breathing, eating, drinking, seeing, you know, just your senses, you know, just reestablishing those with the form of face transplant, which is still a very experimental treatment and not very widely practiced, but plastic surgeons are able to explore and push the envelope, you know, to the next level. So it is truly an exciting, you know, field of surgery that I'm glad that we're doing this so that we can, you know, shed light on all these non-elective types of plastic surgery and, you know, make people aware about the great potential of this surgical specialty. What are some of the risks associated with any kind of plastic surgery? Yeah, so just like with any kind of surgical treatment, you know, there are still risks or complications that can happen with any kind of plastic surgery. And I think the biggest thing that I try to focus on when I'm explaining my patients about these is any kind of plastic surgical procedure is a process. We as surgeons, we do want to fix problems, you know, through our surgical means. At the same time, Plastic surgery is a lot about setting up expectations and fulfilling those, and patients can very easily look at themselves, and uh, you know both patients and their family and friends could look at themselves and tell us, you know, that this was done correctly. This is not up to the expectations. So it's a process in a way. It takes time to get from point A to point B when you consider undergoing plastic surgery. So having that connection between the surgeon and the patient is the most important critical that you can set your expectations. And and as a surgeon, I need to make sure that I'm setting up expectations that I can deliver. And if, if there is any question that we can clarify before we undergo any such commitment, you know. And a lot of times, you know, because of its process-driven nature, people do understand as they go through this process, but, you know, it's not one of those, you know, things that you see in the movies or in the media that because of which, you know, you can show up to plastic surgeon's office and you're going to 
leave with, you know, a totally different face or a body or, you know, the outcomes. I think that's why, like, having that expectations as close to what it has to be, you know, for what can be delivered in a given situation is what I think sometimes when it doesn't get done correctly, then it creates a lot of issues later on that, you know, could be much more risk worthy, especially when we see patients who had received care in other countries or in other states for that matter without having further follow-up plans. You know, that could be very risk worthy for that patient to just answer very straightforward questions to even dealing with complications. So, you know, those are some of the more common risks that I would say they are kind of more specific to the field of plastic surgery. What do you think, Dr. Stash? Yeah, I think you touched on that very well. You know, the, to be a little bit more specific, any surgery that you do or that we do comes with a certain risk and certain complications. And a lot of times the more common operations that we do have a very well-defined complication profile, you know, so for example, uh, a breast reduction is a very common surgery that, that plastic surgeons do. And it carries certain risks. So you can have a risk of asymmetry. You can have a risk of delayed wound healing, which is usually probably the higher risk thing in the scenario. Usually, you know, less than 20% of the time, but it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, and it depends on the specific individual. And so there's, there's various risks that go with each surgery that you do it. And those risks are also really dictated by the patient as well. So, you know, somebody that comes in for a breast reduction that, you know, has a BMI of 25 and is 35 years old and relatively healthy. Well, that, that risk profile is, you know, less so than somebody that comes in that's 65, has diabetes, has, you know, some heart issues. And so, you know, that conversation is always one to have with your plastic surgeon and they'll try to be very specific to your case and lay out the, the risks and the the benefits of the surgery. And yeah, it's very, it's very individualized in, in some circumstances. And those are things that you definitely want to go over before you, you have anything done. And always, again, feel free to ask your plastic surgeon those questions because we tend to be very good at explaining them, but sometimes we aren't. And so always happy to, to answer as much of that as we can and, and to be as straightforward as we can and, and try to explain, you know, in detail what what the risk of uh, what you're having done is. Now, Dr. Baradia touched on this, but are there any advantages to traveling for non-elective plastic surgery or for elective plastic surgery? Are you referring to kind of medical tourism, like traveling for? Yes. Okay. So I, I have a fairly strong opinion about this. I think that, you know, the American Board of Plastic Surgery does a very good job at ensuring that people that graduate from plastic surgery residency in the United States go through their board certification process. And by doing this, it's a very arduous process that uh, really gives you know this board and plastic surgery a good name because it identifies those candidates who are you know worthy to be board certified. And so my first piece of advice would be to always find a board certified plastic surgeon and to seek consultation with the board certified plastic surgeon. Because that that's about the the best vetting process any patient has with regards to knowing that their plastic surgeon is a, a safe plastic surgeon. And that's that should be the primary goal of any patient is to to have what is being done to, to be done safely. With that being said, you don't get 
board certification outside of the United States, unless you are a board certified United States plastic surgeon that for some reason is practicing outside the the borders of the United States. And I'd have to look into the specifics of that. But so I would always say stay within the United States. Obviously, the first reason would be because for follow-up issues, it'd be hard to travel back to Mexico or or back to Nicaragua or, or back to Cuba. And that would be very, very difficult. You know, the the second thing that I'll add is that I think that medical tourism within the United States is okay in the sense that if you are wanting, let's say, cosmetic plastic surgery and you want a uh, a nose job or a rhinoplasty is what, what we call it, I think it's very reasonable to seek out the best rhinoplasty surgeon in the United States. And, and certainly there are certain plastic surgeons that they're even, you know, the plastic surgery world is a pretty small world that are, that are known for having excellent results and and doing a lot of them. And so I think that that's a a very reasonable thing to do is to travel within the United States to, to find somebody that you're comfortable with or that has results that you've seen that you like, or that, you know, you have a conversation with and say, Hey, this, you know, I I trust this guy. I've seen his results. I think that, you know, I would be comfortable in touching up my nose, but yeah, so in summary, I probably wouldn't travel outside of the United States to have any type of plastic surgery procedure, but I think it's very reasonable to find the, the best and the brightest within the United States to you know have our stuff done. Yeah, no, I would agree. There are certainly advantages to traveling for non-elective plastic surgery for specific reasons that, say, perhaps the region you live in, the care is not provided for. And because plastic surgery is such a nuanced field and there's so much more going on to advance the field of plastic surgery to make the lives of our patients better, that there are definitely, you know, experts across the country in different parts who specialize in different, you know, field of plastic surgery. So I definitely think that, you know, I think it's worth exploring, you know, when we are addressing specific issue and you can find a specific expert in the field who can help you with to get through with that situation because again like i mentioned you know plastic surgery has a role of a life improving part in patient's life and for that matter you know i think that definitely should be explored as much as you can for elective plastic surgery again is the same thing that you can perhaps you know explore the option of wanting to do your surgery for looking better or for any reason that you're wanting to get the surgery done to be done with the best expert if that's something that you can afford both financially but also just from efforts wise you know for the amount of time that's spent in this and you know for what results that they can provide you with as long as you can set the expectations with your plastic surgeon these are the end results that you're looking for and you establish, you know, the preoperative, perioperative, and postoperative care for your recovery. It's definitely worth looking into. As far as the medical tourism goes, I think a lot of times our patients are not given that much of information as far as once you return from 
having that surgery done? Who is going to help you with your further post-operative care? What if there is a complication? And then comes the issues with what part of your further care insurance is going to cover with and whatnot. So there's a lot of financial burden that patients unknowingly end up incurring on them. So those are some of the things that I would caution against traveling for a variety of surgical, plastic surgical care. But I think definitely once you've done your research, it's okay to travel as long as there is plan A, B, and Z established for your care and for your recovery. How can patients ensure the quality and safety of their experience when getting any kind of plastic surgery? Yeah, so we touched upon that a little bit that, you know, I think ensuring that the plastic surgeon that you're consulting with is board certified or has been through the rigorous process of com- completing that plastic surgery training in the country, I think is probably your number one uh, aspect. And then, you know, just seeing how the consultation goes with your physician, with your plastic surgeon, if you're both on the same page or not. My rule as a surgeon on the other hand is very clear that if I am able to understand the expectations from my patients and if I can deliver that, then provide that in a very clear-cut communication that you know these would be the end results in the ballpark and if that is something that we both as patient and physicians can agree upon, then to proceed with them. I would say the same thing from the patient's end, that ask questions. There's definitely never a shortage of you know time for us to answer questions before we undergo the surgery as we go through the informed consent process. You know, we try to explain as much as possible. Of course, you know, there are more number of questions and nuances that could come up as you go through your care. But asking questions and being in communication with your physician is probably the number one thing. And only if you can ensure that relationship and trust with your physician, then only I would recommend proceeding with that surgeon and that procedure. And until and unless that's done, I would caution against, you know, moving forward with your further surgical care. So you know, finding the right surgeon by looking up their profile, see where their training has been, see what kind of board certification they've had. And then most importantly, during your consultation, making sure that you can trust on somebody to work on your body to give you the kind of results that you're wishing for. I think those are some of the most important things that I would recommend for patients. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add? I really thank you for having us. And I love the specialty of plastic surgery, and I, uh, you know, love to love to talk about it. And so, I'm always available, you know, by by email. If there's any you know additional questions that, that that people have, and certainly with regards to burn and burn reconstruction, very enthusiastic about it, and would love to talk about that more in the future if we if we ever get on that subject. But yeah, we're just happy to be here and happy to get to talk about our specialty. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. I would say I think this is great for us to be able to talk and be able to spread some awareness about the field of plastic surgery just because of its potential and what it can offer, especially in our large area of West Texas. And both Dr. Sash and myself, you know, we love the specialty to the core, but I I also think that our patients deserve to have more of this just because, you know, it's not always about life-saving, 
but life improving aspect of you know plastic surgery that hasn't yet been fully explored and we're glad that you know now with team of two we can continue to build up on this and continue to make you know meaningful difference in our patients lives so thank you again for having us and for allowing us to shed light in this impressive field of surgery and for care that you know we can add to our patients recovery we're always happy to talk about this and again thank you very much for having us well thank you again for coming on and just explaining to us what plastic surgery is thank you Melissa appreciate it thank you Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tierra Castillo, Susana Cisneros, Mark Hendricks, Kay Williams, Tyler White, and me, Melissa Whitfield.